Do you hear the sounds of that crunching? That's a chip. That's good advice show. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Love and Brief, an ABDL advice podcast focused on issues of love. Love for yourself and love for others and love for your community and love for your friends. And, and love, love for nachos. Love for nachos. Man, you took the words right out of my mouth. I thought so. The chewer you are hearing is none other than... Road, not chicken. And I am resonant, yes. So we had a couple of requests um, way back that said, hey, we would just love to hear you guys having a meal together. <laughs> and we're taking you uh, at your word. And if you love hearing people chew as much as I hate it, then you're going to love this show. That's right. If you happen to have a fetish for mouth noises, you've come to the right place. Road Not Taken is enjoying a fine plate of nachos, and I am eating uh, what is left over of our salmon. Uh, So we did have uh, an ask that was like, hey, can we just hear you guys talking over breakfast? And unfortunately, breakfast happens real far away from where these microphones are. But we thought we would combine (laughs) every time you chew. We thought we would combine two asks, two needs into one show. Because the other ask was, um, we've got a number of requests that said, hey, could you tackle more than one thing in one of your shows? Could you advi- you know, maybe advise several people? And um, would you be willing to maybe make the show a little longer? So for this episode, I'm going to say yes. And I'm going to avoid all the meat and eat all the cheese off these nachos. There's just going to be a pile of meat left for me. So you're getting both in one show. Whether you like it or not, you get to hear us chew and talk. Um, So what we're going to do is kind of a lightning round here, because as we're getting into the holidays, we are both swamped with lots of work and travel and family and all the things that everybody else is trying to deal with. Mm -hmm. So we thought we'd hit a handful of topics in a row in the hopes of not only answering the questions that, frankly, some of them were just going to apologize, they've been sitting here for a while, mm-hmm. but also to encourage you to send in new questions. So mm-hmm. we're going to try and do a little bit of a lightning round. R&T, are you ready? I'm most born ready. I can tell. Uh, the first question that we're going to address while I get some salmon comes from at uh, Here is Diaper Heaven on Tumblr, who we have answered questions from before and who we really, really like. And the question is, how would you broach the subject of ABDL to a new partner? How do you get past that mental block where you've got a strong possibility of ruining a new relationship? Oh, that's a good one. It is a good one. And it's one that we have heard addressed on other forums and other podcasts before. I don't know that we've really addressed it here. We haven't, other than to say, um, don't do it the way we did it. What was the way we did it? Well, the way you did it was you waited till you were engaged and I did it by not telling person. my partner. Yes. Uh, and then just he found out. Yeah. So that was not the way. So we can rule at least two out. One is get really, really, really committed <laughs> and then be like, ta-da. And one of them is leave your email open while you're trying to figure out who you are as a human being and your partner sees, tell me more about ABDL. What's it all about? Yeah. And it's response. Yeah. So instead, what would we tell at Here's Diaper Heaven and all of our other listeners about how to broach the subject with a new partner when you're afraid of ruining something, a good thing that you've got going? I would tell this person something that I've heard many times, which is the way that you look at it is the way your partner's going to look at it. Mm-hmm. If you look at it like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, they're going to be like, oh, something's terribly wrong. Uh, there's This is horrible. But if you're like, I have something so, that I'm so excited to share with you knowing that they may not understand it may not get it but try and um try and use empathy i think try and meet them sort of where you know they're probably going to be and 
be wherever they are with them. You're comfortable with your kink. So let them experience yeah, it in whatever way they they need to. So I will say most of us aren't that comfortable with our kink. It takes a long time to get there. And if you're not there yet, that's okay. If you are there, awesome. You're coming from a great place to talk to your partner. But as R&T said, if you show up and you're like, sorry, sorry, this is real bad. Sorry, I'm the worst. Sorry, this is real gross. Sorry. Then your partner is going to experience it as a whole bunch of shame and fear and um, probably not going to want to say yes. So you might consider first, are you in a place where you can say, hey, there's this part of me. It's not all of me, but it's a part that's pretty important to me. And it also isn't required of you. But it's something that would be awesome if you're willing to play with me, or at least how can I create room in our relationship for me to play with you or, you know, on my own space or in my own time or whatever. Um, not necessarily that you'd have to do an open relationship. You could, or you could say, just how could I take care of myself in this way? But if you show up like, here's the worst, which is totally how I did it, by the way. I'm the most terrible person on the planet. I'm the most terrible Sorry. that there is. Then your partner is going to enter into it the same way it's sort of like imagine if i was trying to tell you about a, a movie you should go see and i'm like all right this movie you're gonna hate this you're gonna hate this and it <laughs> totally sucks and uh you're probably a bad person if you do it but you should go see this movie which would be true if it's uh let's say um meet the fockers 2 or whatever mm, little fockers yeah you probably are a bad person but if it's let's say meet the parents you're pretty good yeah you're in a good spot pretty good fucker I will say also... I have um, nipples, fucker. <laughs> a cat has nipples. Could you milk me? Could you milk a cat? A little Geppetto. Aww. Um, so I would say also at, uh, during the time when we live, there's a better way to say that. <laughs> In this day and age, you can also use pop culture to your advantage. Therefore, if you're into girls and diapers, there are several music videos with girls and diapers. Be like, see that? That's hot to me. And these are hot women. It might be easier to sort of make that, bridge that gap. Breach that gap? No. It might make it easier for your partner to digest if you show a real life example from popular culture. It might not make it seem so closeted and creepy. Where do you see these examples? Um, Other than Miley Cyrus seen, videos. Um, that girl, what's her name? Um, Martinez, who does something, who does the um, crybaby stuff. Oh, right. Right, right. The girl, Melanie yeah. Martinez, she yeah. does the crybaby stuff. Um, if you are a gentleman who is into it, I'm sure that there's something out there other than Fred Armisen uh, that you could show your partner. Just, I guess, find examples from real life. I've done that before. That's been, It's been very helpful. Been like, do you know the relationship that so-and-so and so-and-so has on the show? It's a little bit like that, but yeah. add diapers. Yeah, that's really helpful. The other thing that uh, you hear a lot on... Um, the Dream a Little podcast that Daddy I Want This does is um, to maybe create your own little Tumblr feed and just show the stuff that you're like, I could show you this first because like if you go all the if you go full in like right off the bat and show her just the ABDLiest stuff you can find, mm -hmm. it may be a little bit too much all at once. But you can say it's kind of like this, and here's a Tumblr blog showing you the kinds of things that I really think about. But I will again say, uh, if somebody feels obligated they're mm -hmm. not going to want to dive in mm -mm. But, but if you can say hey you don't have to play i just 
want to share this with you because it's part of me. If it does it for you or you're interested or you want to learn more, great. And if you don't, um, no problem. Like I can take care of my own self on this front, but I just wanted you to know there's a part of me because we're sharing so much with each other. Oh, and you can also do it the way that Resonant Yes um, approached his little side with me, which was very effective, which was at the beginning of a relationship, he said, there's something very important to me about this. And as soon as I feel comfortable, I will let you into this space with me and it will be very special for us. And it wasn't immediate, but when we finally did, I was so excited and grateful and I felt so connected where before I had been so afraid to take care of someone that it, it was wonderful. Like I was like, this is a gift. This is, it's a great sign for our relationship. Mm. It means closeness and trust and I wanted to do it so much and I ended up enjoying it a lot more than I had previous experiences where I was taking care of someone because I was afraid before of the obligation and that I might not do a good job. And when I felt like he trusted me, I felt like I already had that really nice base. That's really good. So I'll, I'll even say like to take that a little further, whatever the benefits are to you, instead of talking about how gross and bad and terrible you feel, talk about the benefits. Like this is what it does for me. It makes me feel this way. It makes me, it gives me every morning that I wake up and I've had gotten a chance to play the night before, I feel stronger or more capable of taking on the world or whatever. You can talk yeah. about the things that are great about it. Or just like, I'm so immensely turned on, I can't stand it. And that way you're actually introducing it as, here are the positive roles that this plays in my life instead of I'm trapped in this ABDL net that I can't get out of. All right, let's go to our next one. Nice. How are your nachos? Is it coming um, along? I made so many and I'm already full. Okay, fair. I can't eat anymore. I'll eat the rest of them. Okay. Uh, the next one is uh, from Tumblr user Alpha65232. And the question is, what are some daily or weekly activities to help encourage my wife of eight years to enjoy aspects of the ABDL lifestyle more? As in things to get her more accustomed to myself and her and diapers, pacifiers, bottles, little activities. She's into kink already. She has no issues with that. But um, what can we do to deepen our ABDL lifestyle in our relationship? Mm. The part that you didn't, <clears throat> sorry, the part that you didn't read is the part that I think would be a really good intro to it. Go for it. It says she actually introduced me to spanking before we even got married. Well, there you go. I think, well, I got into ABDL through my interest in spanking. True. And I think there's a lot of connection there. I think if you maybe incorporate discipline and um, talking to her in a little way whenever you're incorporating spanking into your relationship, it might make for a really good sort of connector. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of overlap in the dynamic not a lot of overlap in the feel of it if you're really into the more caretaking rocking really sweet aspects of little play um more than the discipline aspects but the feel of the dynamic is really similar and ultimately like unless it's a straight object fetish um, the dynamic tends to play a part, whether you're an AB or a DL, there tends to be a dynamic play there. And mm -hmm. if you can find your way in through that dynamic, uh, the, the diapers and the little stuff can become sort of accoutrement to your bigger dynamic story mm -hmm. and charging that dynamic with sexual energy and then letting the accessories be accessories can be really mm -hmm. 
helpful. And judging by your question, it sounds like there is sort of a, a dynamic at play that it's not just a straight, you know, I just want diapers and everything else is the same. The other thing uh, that you wrote is that um, diapers make her butt sweat and she hates that, which RT, can you identify? Oh, yeah, that happens to all of us. Yeah, a little butt sweat. Yeah, me, yeah, I get it. Me too. Um, so one thing to think about is like her comfort super duper matters. Mm-hmm. And it, it may be kind of tempting to be like, yeah, but just do my thing. But if she's uncomfortable, the play is not going to be fun. And if she's thinking about, you know, her sweaty butt, she's not going to be thinking I'm sexy, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm attractive. And there is no bigger mood killer than your partner not feeling sexy in the moment. So one thing you might think about is perhaps introduce diapers. It sounds like you're open to wearing them yourself. Perhaps introduce them on your end first just to explore the dynamics so she doesn't have to sweat her butt off. Um, the other thing you might think about is are there ways that you can do short-term diaper play or diaper play that involves pull-ups or something that's a little bit more breathable just for a little while so that she can get used to that whatever fun might come of that period without having to encounter being uncomfortable. And I I just reinforce, if you're making her physically uncomfortable, you're going to have a really hard time creating sexual energy. Mm -hmm. Unless that's her thing. Unless being physically uncomfortable is her thing. Because spanking makes me physically uncomfortable. And that's kind of my thing too. That's true. But Um, it's different. If it's like, ew, I hate that, that's different than like, I'm uncomfortable in a fun way. Yeah. Uh, I would also say, um, ask her, just ask her what she would love in a sexual situation and try and incorporate that into your play. If I'm not feeling particularly into play, I would say if RY asked me what will make you enjoy it and I say, can we add popsicles into the mix and he does it, then I'll enjoy all of it more because I'll feel comfortable because I'll feel heard and I'll feel, you know, understood. And that, that always makes people feel more comfortable. Like they're not going to get caught up in something that they can't wiggle out of if you feel listened to. Oh, is there anything sexier than being fully known? No, not at all. It's wonderful. That's the best. The, Um, The other thing you might think about is it's so easy for those of us with a fetish or a paraphilia to think about how do I get my partner to do my thing? And sure, I get it. Um, But one of the things to think about is what is your partner's thing? And how can you reinforce that like you're game, you're down for whatever your partner is down for um, within reason, within your limits. And how can you find like that absolute sexiness? And once your partner is really feeling like you can uh, share together, then it's okay to say, are you interested? Would you like to try my thing? But if you, if you start from a place of like, how do I change your behavior to match mine in the bedroom, it's going to get a little hairy. Mm-hmm. So consider first, how can I change my behavior to match hers in the bedroom or what she's looking for? Of course, within your comfort zone so that you can say, we really do a lot of active exchange of our dynamic. And two very small practical things. If what makes her uncomfortable is the um, actual sort of feel of the dynamic, I would say do something like watch a movie with her for the first couple of times. When I was really uncomfortable and really scared being in a car riding, facing forward, um, doing something like that or watching a movie made me feel a little bit less Mm self-conscious and a little bit less like I had to be on show when I was experiencing Mm. something that was new and scary and felt a little wrong. It It was good not to be looking someone directly in the eye. Um, And another practical thing is cloth back diapers make for a lot less butt sweat and they're still sexy and fun. So get some cloth backed ones. I like that suggestion of just sort of like chilling out and watching a movie together. Oh yeah. It's a lot less scary. Yeah. It's not so scary. 
All right, let's go to our third one. This is from uh, Tumblr user at four 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 four. There's like seventy four. Four four. So many fours. Uh, and this is what uh, that person asked. One thing I struggle with is this internal dilemma of, quote, I don't think I'll be happy unless I meet someone with this kink, but searching for a partner based on kink alone seems like a terrible idea, end quote. And I agree. Stop, stop, you're both right. And <laughs> add to that the nature of a lot of online communities, it's hard to feel like I can be genuine about who I am. Any suggestions on how to engage in the community when it feels like there are a lot of people just using the platform for their own gratification, posting crotch shots, and sending creepy messages? Oh, oh, me, me, me. Oh, R&T. Ooh, ooh. This will give me a chance to eat a nacho. <clears throat> Go to an event. Go to intervention. People what? An event. Oh. People are much more themselves after a day of hanging out, drinking, just being silly than they will ever be online because they have infinite time to sort of figure out what they want to present online and if you really want to get to know someone and you really want to just be yourself just stand in front of them for a couple hours and just chat about whatever you cannot make connection based on internet alone unless you are very honest mm -hmm. and your partner who you're talking to is very honest and it's really hard to find that because people are protective of themselves online and you are too and you know everybody is so i would say go to an event that is my advice and if you can't get to an event, because I know there's a lot of people that they're, they're not comfortable or they just geographically or financially can't do that, um, consider striking up conversation to find those people who are willing to go places outside of diapers and ABDL stuff that um, are also interesting to you. So one thing that R&T and I had in common, and, and frankly, the first thing that we had in common was our major in college. We were both English majors and our love for poetry. And we both mm -hmm. like to write poetry. Mm -hmm. So we shared that first. Now we both knew because of our profiles, et cetera, that we both had this diaper thing in common, but starting with, Hey, let's talk about diapers. You're not going to distinguish much between the people who mostly just want to send you crotch shots and the people who would make for really interesting, you know, play partners or long-term partners. So if you, if you can strike it up and here's my experience, here's what'll happen. You might shoot 15 messages to 15 different interesting humans and say, Hey, I noticed you like system of a down. I like system of a down too. Let's talk about that particular genre of, of rock or metal or whatever. And 14 of them will write back and be like, Hey bro, you, you wear, uh, often. And I'll write back and say, no, 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 I'm talking about the band, System of a Down, I really like music, or I really like poetry. And they'll write back and be like, what mess are you both? And those are the people that you just go, nope. Not you, but then there's going to be that one person who's like, I love System of a Down. I'm also a fan of Hoobastank. How do you feel about that? And you'd be like, no. And they'll be like, that's okay. Let's be friends. And then you get to talk to them. Are, are you putting Hoobastank on blast right now? I actually don't know who either of those fans <laughs> I don't know are. who that is. I just am using band names that I figure are equally unknown to me so that I cannot, you know, I'm just saying you don't have to have everything. The point was you don't have to have everything in common, but if you can strike that, find that common place and move from there, you'll end up Skyping and having fun conversations, maybe texting, you know, like that. Yeah. I mean, really, like, I agree, by the way, with your central conceit that like, you don't want to find a partner based on kink alone. However, there's nothing wrong in this vast sea of kinksters. And there are many of us of many different gender orientations and sexualities and interests. 
there's nothing wrong with fishing in that sea. And, uh, you know, for us, it was FetLife. There's lots of Tumblr, lots of places you can do that. And, and really looking for those people that you share affinity with beyond that, because you're not going to build a relationship on love of diapers. You might be able to get some fun play, but you're probably not going to build a long-term relationship. So if that's your goal, absolutely start probing. And it won't take long to figure out who just wants to talk about diapers with you. Mm-hmm. And I have one more. Um, I would suggest also, if you have friends in the diaper world, in the kink world, um, ask who they think that you would be, who you would fit well with. I actually got first introduced to RY through a couple of people telling me, you got to message this person. Mm. And I was like, no, I can't. I'm too embarrassed and nervous. And gosh, look how well it turned out. So I think ask people who know you well in the community if they have any idea who you might fit well with if you can't think of anyone yet. Oh, that's nice. Also, I think it's really clear that after I've eaten or like while I'm eating, I'm a little bit more sparky than I usually am. So we could tell over the course of this particular podcast. Things are sparky. Things are starting to get sparky. I'm like, I have more energy because it's not bedtime. Well, good. (laughs) So you have energy for one more. I do. Okay. Uh, This one comes to us via Anonymous on Tumblr. And this question is one that I'm uh, pretty passionate about. Mm -hmm. So uh, the question is this. I've spent uh, or I've been going through my entire life thinking that I am the more dominant sexual partner. But when I asked my partner to be more dominant, which they prefer not to do, things went a thousand times better. Does this mean I'm actually the submissive partner? Have I been engaging in sexual play the wrong way all this time? Our sexual play does sometimes involve diapers, but not in this instance. When we use diapers, my partner is always diapered. How does one play dominant and also be diapered? There is so much there. So you can speak to this. Can I just address that you hit this question? I love this question. It's very vulnerable and I really appreciate it. One of the things that you put forward was, does this mean that I've been engaging in sexual play wrong this whole time? And I think our answer in unison is no. Did you enjoy it? Right. If not. Did your partner? Maybe, but if so, then yeah, you've been doing it right. Yeah, spot on. You've been doing it great. I think one of the things to realize is that our sexuality isn't apparent in its like full and blossomed form immediately. And that in fact, it's one of those things that isn't even finished. It's constantly being uh, morphed and changed. And you may have an ABDL kink sort of at your core, but you probably, and you may have dominance at your core. I don't know. But as you're playing and as you're exploring sexuality, you're going to find out all kinds of new stuff that you didn't have access to before. That's one of the things that makes sexuality so awesome. So no, you haven't been doing it wrong at all. And I would pay attention to the feelings that you had when you played submissive and everything went awesome. Now, the one question I would pose is, did it go awesome because there was less strife? Did it go awesome because nobody was fighting it? Or did it go awesome because you loved it and your partner did too? If it's that second thing, then you have an opportunity, I think, to explore that way, way more. And there's nothing about you that says you have to be a full-time dominant or a full-time submissive. I know very few people who live that way. It's great that for those that do. I certainly don't. More importantly, I think you probably stumbled onto something in your psyche or in your sexuality that's like, holy shit, I hit the jackpot with the submission thing. Great for you and great for your partner. And when you introduce the dynamic of diapers, it can be tempting, again, to sort of box this stuff off and say, well, dominants don't wear diapers and submissives 
do, and it's inherently submissive. And I'm just going to call bullshit on that. I appreciate the sentiment. I've certainly experienced it myself. And if when you play diapers, your partner's always diapered because that's what your partner wants or because that's what you want, great. But there is nothing about a person in a diaper that says that you can't be dominant. But there's a more important question I think that we have to address in this statement, which is when I ask my partner to be more dominant, which they prefer not to do. So if it's a little more difficult to get your partner to be dominant, um, because they feel more submissive, then you have a lot of other options as well. Mm -hmm. Like I prefer to be more submissive, but there are times when I really, really enjoy being mommy or when I enjoy being like a caring dominant, not, not exactly the dominant that you see in Fitty Shades. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you guys, you guys can talk through it, but, um, I think there's nothing wrong at all with it, but do address his or her feelings about their preference as well, because you've discovered something wonderful and amazing about yourself and that's something to be celebrated. And he or she may be really good at it, but that does not mean that that is where they are. And it's important to address that as well. Thank you for calling that out. Cause I did, I sort of skipped over that little parenthetical note that they prefer not to do. So when you say went thousands of times better, I don't know what that means. I assume that means that your partner also sort of lit up or that everything went very fluidly. Um, but spot on. Thank you for that addition. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether he or she or they um, likes it is a kind of a big deal. And if the only thing I really want to question is if you are, let's say you have that moment, which most ABDLs have had, where you are wearing a diaper and you have to go brush your teeth or whatever and you stand in front of the mirror and you're like whoa this doesn't fit together my appearance seems somehow inherently contradictory um it's not i know it feels like it and i know that every cultural symbol carries with it tons and tons of weight and all kinds of symbolism and you can be i i have been i'll say from my experience i have been dominant while diapered i have done wonderful things with ropes and mm-hmm. floggers and little canes and all sorts of BDSM play. I have done all sorts of sort of daddy role play while diapered. It doesn't mean anything other than your choice of underwear that makes you comfortable. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I just want to acknowledge r spot on, which is if your partner doesn't like it or your partner can't experience you as dominant while diapered, that's important. And it probably is something you could talk about. The other thing I'll throw out is that you can have two people in diapers. And you can both play cuddly, and you can both play little, or you can both play not little. You can both play totally grown up, but both wearing diapers. Yeah, diaper humping. I recommend it. It is going to enjoy it. I guarantee it. So um, I just I wouldn't let your choice of underwear uh, rule your dynamic, because your dynamic is your choice and your partner's choice, and he, she, or they can tell you what is working for them or not, and it has almost nothing to do with your underwear. Mm-hmm. Unless you really, really wanted to. Unless you wanted to. I think that just about does it for this uh, unusually long half an hour edition of Love and Brief, where we got to tackle three different questions. We might do this again. If you like it, give us some feedback. You can do that through our Tumblr page at resonantyes.tumblr.com. Or if you want to get real in the mix, go over to FetLife and look for the Love and Brief podcast group, where we uh, pay attention every day to every comment and engage in discussions on how to make this show better and what you'd like to hear, and even find some of our guest experts. Also, um, we're going to 
continue working through the questions we have in the hopper and it's time for new ones. So if you have a question you'd like to hear tackled on Love and Brief, go to resonantyes.tumblr.com and submit a question via the ask function and just let us know if you don't want your name included. Otherwise, we will assume you do want your, your Tumblr handle in there and or just ask it anonymously. That's an easy way if you don't. And send us your questions and we will address them on an upcoming episode of Love in Brief.